welcome to the Global Storytime Podcast. I'm your host and storyteller, Diane Strand. In each episode of the Global Storytime Podcast, I'll read to you a story from a different part of the world. Before I begin each story, though, I'll tell you a little bit about where the story is from and perhaps define a few words used in the story to help you understand it better. Stick around after the story to hear some fast facts about the country featured in this week's episode. Today's story, Grandma and the Great Gourd, is from the Bengal region of India. You can find this region in the upper east corner of the country, and it borders Bangladesh. And now I want to talk about some things mentioned in the story that you might not be familiar with. First and foremost, what is a gourd? A gourd is a squash or pumpkin or any other large, fleshy, hard-skinned fruit. And yes, it is a fruit. In Grandma and the Great Gourd, our hero is Grandma, and at one point in her journey, she will eat a snack of puffed rice and tamarinds. Puffed rice, you can think of, maybe you already have an idea of what that is in your mind, you can think of it as being similar to Rice Krispie cereal. Basically, they took some rice and they puffed it up. Tamarinds are pods that hang off of the branches of the tamarind tree, and they look like peanut shells, but they're a bit darker and longer. And when you break them open, you find this really sweet and sour paste inside. It's kind of like a mashed up Sour Patch Kid. At another point in Grandma's epic journey, she will say that she is feeling as dizzy as a dervish. What is a dervish? A dervish is a religious person who practices Sufi Islam. And some dervishes will have formal ceremonies where they pray, they read poetry, and they dance by spinning really, really, really fast. So the last thing I want to add is a dish that grandma eats called chi curry. Chi curry is a popular comfort food in India and its surrounding countries. It's kind of like a thick soup or stew with lentils and lots of vegetables. If you've ever had dal, spelled D-A-L, from an Indian restaurant, then you've had something similar. All right, that's enough. On with the story. Grandma and the Great Gourd, a Bengali folktale. Once upon a time, in a little village in India, there lived an old woman whom everyone called Grandma. She loved gardening and had the best vegetable patch in the village. Grandma lived by herself in a little hut at the edge of the village next to a deep, dark jungle. At times, she could hear herds of elephants lumbering on forest paths, or giant lizards slithering over dry leaves. She didn't mind because she had two loyal dogs, Kalu and Bulu, to protect her. They also helped her with garden chores. One day, Grandma received a letter from her daughter, who lived on the other side of the jungle. Please come and visit me, said the letter. I haven't seen you in so long. I miss you. Grandma missed her daughter, too, and she decided to visit her. She was a little scared about traveling through the jungle where so many fierce animals lived. But then she said, what's life without a little adventure? She packed her things and said goodbye to her dogs. Don't worry, boys, she told them. I'll be back soon. Don't forget to take care of my garden. We won't forget, said the dogs. We'll chase away all the wild animals and we'll listen for you. So if you get in trouble, just call for us. 
As Grandma was traveling through the jungle, she came upon a clever red fox. Ah, Grandma, he said, burying his pointy teeth and smacking his lips. How nice of you to arrive just when I'm so hungry. Grandma's heart pounded, but she didn't let the fox see how scared she was. If you're planning to have me for breakfast, she said, that is a terrible idea. Do you see how skinny I am? I'll be a lot plumper on my way back from my daughter's house because she is such a good cook. You can eat me then, if you'd like. That sounds good, said the fox, and he let her go. Grandma walked deeper into the jungle. In a while, she came upon a shaggy black bear. Ah, Grandma, he said, flexing his claws and sharpening them on a nearby rock. How nice of you to arrive, just when I'm so hungry. Grandma's heart pounded, but she did not let the bear see how scared she was. If you're planning to have me for lunch, she said, that is a terrible idea. Do you see how thin I am? I'll be a lot fatter on my way back from my daughter's house because she is such a good cook. You can eat me then, if you'd like. That sounds like a plan, said the bear, and he let her go. Grandma walked into the deepest part of the jungle. Suddenly, she came upon a sleek, striped tiger. Ha ha! Grandma! He said, crouching it low and swishing his tail. How nice of you to arrive just when I'm so hungry! Grandma's heart sunk, but she did not let the tiger see how scared she was. If you are planning to have me for dinner, she said, that is a horrible idea. Do you see how bony I am? I will be a lot juicier on my way back from my daughter's house because she is such a wonderful cook. You can eat me then, if you'd like. That sounds good, said the tiger, and he let her go. Grandma reached her daughter's house. She had a wonderful time there, playing with her grandchildren and telling the neighbors all about her adventures in the forest. She worked in her daughter's garden, watering, digging, and sprinkling the ground with her special fishbone fertilizer until the vegetables grew so large that the people from three villages came to admire them. She ate the delicious dishes her daughter cooked, and, just as she told the forest animals, she grew quite plump. But Grandma missed her dogs. She wondered if they had guarded her garden or if they had let the mice and birds eat everything up. Finally, she told her daughter, It's time for me to go home. Paulo and Bula are waiting for me, and so is my vegetable garden. The only problem is, that tiger, that bear, and the fox are waiting for me too. And this time, I won't be able to trick them with just my words. Don't worry, said the daughter. We'll come up with a plan. The two of them went to the garden so they could think better. And when they saw the giant gourds, they knew exactly what to do. The daughter picked the biggest gourd and hollowed it out. Grandma climbed in. The gourd was quite comfortable because its walls were as thick as a mattress and its rind was as tough as a rhino's hide. The daughter gave Grandma some puffed rice and tamarinds to eat on the way and stitched the top of the gourd back on tightly and sealed it with rice glue. 
Now no one will know it's you, she said. She took the gourd to the edge of the jungle and gave it a strong push. The gourd began to roll down the jungle path. In a while, the gourd reached the part of the forest where the tiger was waiting for Grandma. Because he had never seen such a large gourd, the tiger didn't know what it was. Huh, what a strange creature, he cried. He sniffed around the gourd, but because it was all sealed up, the tiger couldn't smell Grandma. In a thin, high voice, Grandma chanted, I'm just a rolling gourd, singing my song. Give me a push, help me along. I guess I could do that, said the tiger. I wonder when that old woman is coming back, though. I'm getting awfully hungry. It rammed the gourd with its head and sent it bouncing down the path. Whoa, that was close, said Grandma. It is a good thing the flesh of this gourd is so soft, or my bones would be shaking like the stones inside of a rattle. And she ate some puffed rice and tamarinds. In a while, the gourd reached the part of the forest where the bear was waiting. He too didn't know what the gourd was. What a strange creature, he cried. He sniffed around the gourd, but because of the rice glue, he couldn't smell Grandma. Grandma chanted, I'm just a bouncing gourd, singing my song. Give me a push, help me along. Hmm, I guess I could do that, said the bear. I wonder when that old woman is coming back, though. I'm getting terribly hungry. He gave the gourd a powerful swipe with his paw and sent it spinning down the path. Phew, said Grandma. That was close. It's a good thing the walls of this gourd are so thick and strong, or by now I'd be as dizzy as a dervish. And she ate some more puffed rice and tamarind. The gourd rolled and bounced and spun until it was almost at the edge of the forest. Only a little while longer, thought Grandma. Just then, the gourd reached the part of the trail where the fox was waiting for Grandma. Hmm, what's this now? He cried, sniffing around the gourd. Grandma chanted, I'm just a spinning gourd, singing my song. Give me a push, help me along. But the clever fox said, One hundred and one times I've sneaked into villages to steal chickens, but I've never seen a singing gourd. Something odd is going on here. He grabbed the top of the gourd with his sharp, pointy teeth and shook it back and forth until the rice glue cracked and the stitches broke off. Out fell Grandma. Ha ha ha, Grandma, grinned the fox. How nice and plump you look. Whatever were you doing inside of a gourd? You caught me fair and square, said Grandma. I guess you deserve to eat me up, but I have a request. Can I sing one last song before you start chewing on me? All right, said the fox, drooling a little bit. Just don't make it too long. I won't, said Grandma. And at the top of her voice, she sang, Kalu, bulu, tu, 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 
Kalupulu, come to me do. Kalupulu, I need you. Back in the village, Kalu and Bulu heard Grandma's voice. They knew she was in danger. Quick as the wind, they flew into the forest, fangs bared, growling horribly. They chased the fox away, scaring him so much that he never came back. Grandma gave her dogs a big hug. Thank you, boys, she cried. You saved my life. It was our pleasure, said Kalu and Bulu. When she got back to her hut, Grandma was delighted to see that her garden was chock full of vegetables. Kalu and Bulu had done a great job. She picked the freshest ones and cooked a delicious pot of chicory with lentils and rice, cauliflowers and peas, and shiny white potatoes as big as your fist. And together, they ate it all up. The end. I hope you enjoyed Grandma and the Great Gourd. And I really wonder what your favorite parts were. My favorite parts are the relationship that Grandma has with her dogs, who help out in her garden and then protect her so fiercely at the end. Um, and then, of course, uh, Grandma's daughter's genius idea of hiding Grandma inside of a gourd to protect her from the predators in the wild. Okay, at the end of each episode, after I read a story, I just want to do a deep dive, a little deep dive into the country that is featured in this episode. And this episode, the country is India. So for starters, where is India? India is in Asia. It is in Southeast Asia. And it is known as a subcontinent, which means that it is a country that is easily identifiable as being a part of a larger continent. Um, the United States is actually also a subcontinent of North America. So the population of India, India has 1.353 billion people. It is the second most populous country in the world. The capital of New Delhi alone has 26 million people in it. Um, and to compare that to the U.S., uh, in the U.S. we have 328.2 million people. We're the third most populous country in the world. But India has four times the amount of people as we do in the U.S. So in terms of area, India is the seventh largest country in the world. and you can actually fit about three Indias inside of the United States. So it's the third of the size of the U.S., but it's four times the population. So it's pretty um, dense. As you can imagine, a country like India has a long and complicated history. Civilization, so evidence of farming and settlements and things like that, were first thought to have formed about 10,000 years ago. Over centuries, the country has been ruled by many different dynasties and a few foreign powers. Some important periods include the rule of the Vedics from 1500 BC to 600 BC. And the Vedics wrote a lot of sacred Hindu texts, including the longest poem in the world. Alexander the Great, maybe you've heard of him, he tried to expand his territory into India at about 325 BC, but he didn't get very far. 
Later, the Gupta dynasty from year 320 to 650 was known as the Golden Age with a lot of advances in math, science, art, and literature. About a thousand years later, the Portuguese came through and set up trading posts in southern Indian cities like Goa. Then the Dutch came, and then the infamous British arrived in 1600 and created the England East India Tea Company. They set up factories and slowly increased their power over the region. They gained complete control through the British Raj in 1858, and that lasted for 89 years, so until 1947. After India's independence, it became a democratic country and elected a woman, Indira Gandhi, as its third prime minister. So how cool is that? In the last few decades, India has had a large economic growth due to tech, medicine, and film industries. Have you ever seen a Bollywood film? If you like dancing and singing and romance and really awesome outfits, you should check one out. And now moving on to the religions of India. So for religion... Like I mentioned, India is very diverse, has a very diverse history, especially when it comes to religion. Um, so about 79%, 79.8% practice Hinduism, 14.2% practice Islam, and 2.3% are Christians. Uh, the last 4% is made up mainly of Buddhism, uh, Sikhism, and Jainism. Um, so for language... The official languages of government and business in India are Hindi and English, and there are 22 officially recognized languages with over 720 dialects and 13 scripts or alphabets. So famous people from India, you've probably heard of Buddha, who in about 800 BC renounced his royal life as a prince to go on a journey of self-discovery, and ended up founding Buddhism. And then a few thousand years later, there was Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, who led incredible nonviolent protests against the colonial British Raj um, that had such a huge impact on Indian history and on the rest of the world. So I want to end with a little fun fact and share the history of two words that we use in English that come from India. The first one is the word shampoo, which is Sanskrit for soothe and press and knead, and it entered the English language around the mid 1700s. The second word I want to share is pajama. So pajama comes from the Urdu word, and it means like loose fitting pants. So basically, like pajama pants. The whole idea of pajamas came from India. So thank you so much, India taking a shower and shampooing my hair and then getting into a clean pair of pajamas afterwards is one of the greatest pleasures in life. Well, that's it. So I hope you enjoyed the story and learned a little thing or two about India. This has been the Global Storytime Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Strand. I hope you'll come back in two weeks when I have a story from Ghana that I'm really excited to share with you. Until next time.